Bernie Miley Rosenberg. Hi there, can you forward us to Voltal, please? Sure, my ass is calling. It's Rishi and Chris. By law students. For past, present, and future law students. Bringing you information to help your career. This is The Law School Show with Rishi and Chris. Chris, my man, how you doing? Oh, Rish, I am laying back. I am relaxing in a maximum way. This is the January term break. So we just finished three weeks of intensive study. We've got this week off, and then we launch into second semester proper uh, in February. So I am maximizing. Yeah. Eating healthy, sleeping, getting exercise. And I don't know if it's clicked into you yet, but not only is that the second semester, but that is our last semester of law school. What? Yeah. Like a blur. Exactly. The three years seems to have flown by. Seriously. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean anything in terms of Rishi and I and um, continuing on with the law school show. But what it does mean is that we are in the midst right now of a call out. We're asking any law student. Call out! Across Canada. Who is interested in conducting interviews? in meeting people, in contributing to this body of knowledge called The Law School Show to send us your resume. Send it to info at thelawschoolshow.com before January 30th. And if you're a first time listener, the mandate of The Law School Show is to talk to individuals, talk to professionals in the legal field and share their stories with our listeners. Bring hard to get information right to your earbuds. Absolutely. And uh, we do that all the while being positive. We do not like to focus our discussion on complaints. We do not like to focus our discussion on problems. We are about solutions. Exactly. And talking about keeping positive, we actually have a very unique story to share with you today. And the story is shared by Mr. Voltau. Yeah, he essentially flipped a negative on its head. He did his second year summer work at Heenan Blakey. And uh, as many of us know, Heenan Blakey closed its doors at that point. And then he got the news last February that he did not have an articling position. So Will talks exactly about how he felt at that moment. The difficulties emotionally that he felt, the community that he found support in um, amongst his peers, many of whom also did not have an articling job and who were um, actively searching it out. And he talks about how he was successful in um, turning that difficulty into an articling job, which he holds now with Larley Rosenberg in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. And this story is not only helpful for somebody who's looking for a position, but even people who do have a position because it talks about how do you turn that negative into a positive. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Mr. Voltau. I'm going back to the couch, Rish. I'm gonna lay out. It's time to relax again. Here's our conversation with Mr. Voltau. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. I got my man, Chris, on my right, and we're in conversation with Voltau. He's currently an articling student at Larley Rosenberg in Vancouver. How are you doing, Will? Good, good. How are you guys? We're fantastic. Thanks for being on the line. We appreciate your time. Hey, no worries. And uh, it's always good to see a couple of faces. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
So I guess we'll preface this with a quick note saying that we spoke to um, Steve Birkin, who's a 3L at the University of Ottawa, and we had him tell us basically his story as it pertains to going through second-year recruitment, not getting hired, and then applying for articles and sort of living that difficulty that every law student has to face at some point. And um, the reception was fantastic. So we think that, you know, based on your situation and um, the successes that you pulled out of it, that you can really build on uh, the momentum of that. And um, so we, we can't wait to hear what you have to say. And uh, why don't we start? Tell us a little bit about yourself just without talking about law so the listeners get a feel of who Will Tao is. About myself. Okay, so I guess, uh, and that, uh, and I hate to get so uh, theoretical right away, but I, from, for, for myself, I don't consider myself to be uh, an articling student or a lawyer first. I think that it's, it's the second half of who I am. I'm, I'm first a family man. I'm first, you know, uh, a partner to a, to a beautiful girlfriend. I, I you know, I'm, uh, I'm a volunteer in the community. Uh, I'm a mentor to some individuals that I can. And then I think those are the things I'm most proud of. Um, and, uh, I think the law is just something that allows me to pursue those other passions as well, and it, it goes again vice versa. Uh, but that's who I am. I'm, I'm an Ottawa University uh, alumni uh, in terms of law school, and I'm, I'm so proud to have chosen Ottawa U. I think, uh, you know, there were times there when I was wondering, you know, is this the right school for me? But uh, the people I've met, and again, the people, I mean, I'm interviewing with you guys now, so it's, you know, the, the, the network is very strong, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Fantastic. So before we actually go into your work experience and whatnot, so both of us kind of know you personally from Ottawa U, and one thing that at least stood out to me when you were in Ottawa is you were very well-rounded in the sense that you focused on studies, but you also had your extracurriculars that were going on the side and some of the things that you were passionate about. So do you want to speak a bit about how you were able to manage all of that while you were in law school and what are some things you actively did just to make sure that you lived a well-rounded life for those three years? I think the first key is you have to find that that community and that network and and uh, I mean it doesn't have to be in a, in a certain area it doesn't have to be in law even um, but for me I really did have a group of uh, of, of colleagues in law school um, that we were and we call ourselves the cream team uh, for those who are at Ottawa you'll know what we're talking about but uh, you know we were able to connect with each other and really and spend time outside of school talking about outside of school things you know just our own relationships our own challenges. Our own, our own day-to-day uh, struggle, if you will, uh, through some of these years, and they're very formative years for us. Um, so I think that, if I would say that the one thing I did was to make sure I had that group, and then those groups, that group also inspired me to go out and do other things and then write. And uh, I know at that time I did a lot of internships, and I, I think that you just have to think beyond the academics. That's my one advice: is the, the academics are only one portion of, of why you're at law school. Nice, and uh, yeah, totally agree. And with so many people that we've spoken to, they say that um, if they could go back and do it all over again, the two things they do is spend more time socially to build a social network because that's what they're getting the most benefit from now in their career and do more extracurriculars to understand a little bit more um, about law in general and, and get a broader perspective. So mm-hmm. it's nice to hear you echo that uh, being so fresh out of law school. Um, all right, l- let's roll in a little bit more to the awesome insight that you can share with us. So describe your second year summer at Heenan Blakey. Okay. So as a bit of a background, um, I think because it's important to start with first year, uh, just to, to, to fill out the story. Sure. Um, I'm, I had really subpar first 
year grades. I know I remember the first year summer we were looking at uh, class averages and then sort of the rank, and, and a few of my friends would put the same average, 6.4. Uh, we were just very depressed about things. And then at that time, really early on, I was like, I need to brand myself. I need to brand myself. So I focused really on China, and it's not something that, you know, the coursework there's no China law course. There's nothing really in that area. But I decided, you know, I need to go to uh, this market and to engage in the language and, and to learn. Um, so after summering in China in my first year summer, uh, and then I came back during the job hunt, I found myself really sort of selling that that experience that I had there uh, because it was different from what everybody else had uh, in where, my mind. Where did you work in uh, China? In I, w- I worked for a pharmaceutical company called Sanofi. So it's one of the Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies. Um, and I was in their in-house. So I was able to uh, draft a lot of their the research agreements. It's an IP law. So I had, I had no um, background in it. And to and be how honest... how were you able to get that, uh, get that position? And this position was through... Uh, a family sort of uh, connection and 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 the thing is here you know at the beginning I, w- I was thinking to myself like this this feels wrong like i'm i'm relying on family and friends but when you think about it everybody's doing it you know and you need your family and friends the most in, in situations like this you know when you're in a very competitive market you don't necessarily have the best grades so i mean i, I again one of the advices i have for people is you know always use one networks and connections you have and don't feel bad about it because everybody is is doing it yeah. yeah, that that is that's an advantage. I mean, I I would never feel bad about that. I mean, nepotism can be a beautiful thing, and uh, you just definitely take advantage of the people you know and the people who know you best because they can often hook you up with the best position that's in line with what you want and who you are. Exactly, so, and yeah. and I mean, for me, it was just I needed the door open because like I come from a lawyer, I come from a family of of no of no lawyers i come from a community of very few lawyers um i think my parents still probably think i'm uh, they don't know what the law is and what i'm doing out there probably cheating <laughs> people for money or something but like that that's sort of a cultural thing that i grew up in you know we don't talk to lawyers so you need to really build a base of of, of lawyers and colleagues and, and that was what i focused on when i came back from china that summer worked around vancouver tried to meet as many lawyers and contacts that i could some of them really just through cold calls and cold emails um you know, it helped me through the process and helped me get comfortable with talking to lawyers in their offices about, you know, things relating, per- pertaining to their career and to the law, and that's that was very helpful. Um, so just to get one step further there, when I applied for uh, summer articles in second year, I was not very successful. I had, uh, you know, I had the, the OCIs, but I had actually no callbacks for, for Vancouver interns from those OCIs. Um, so, so I, I had to I had to work on my strategy a bit, um, and eventually I, I got a couple uh, offers from non-OCI firms that I interviewed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me in particular at Heen and Blakey, um, my they they were searching for someone to fill a role that would straddle immigration law uh, and and also China business development and also uh, potentially some corporate M and A work. Uh, so, given that I had the Chinese experience, uh, my background in undergrad was in immigration, and then you know I, I, I've, I had that experience with with the, with the business in, in China, that um, sort of fit the pieces of that puzzle that they were looking for. So I was it was very unique, and, and most firms don't look for that in in, in in a summer student, let alone you know someone. So even for the summer student them. position, they actually publicize this at, with those requirements. Uh, they didn't publicize it, but it turned out the the lawyer who was in charge of interviewing just just had an associate who fit my profile who left oh, okay. the the firm as a as an associate. 
so it was sort of stepping into the shoes of that individual and hopefully being molded into that. that um, again, so at Heenan, um, Heenan was a great learning experience for me. Um, it was my first real corporate experience because, I mean, in China I was mostly in a scientific sort of uh, environment, not very corporate. But this was my first sort of corporate, you know, law experience. And at the beginning, I found it. I think for me, I found it quite difficult uh, working at a big firm in, in the start because, uh, and again, it's, it's it's always a challenging situation when when you're at when you're at a bigger firm. In, in my personal opinion, uh, sometimes uh, there's there's more people, there's more of these teams, the groups. And it inevitably leads to some sort of politics in, in the office, right? So um, for me, I, I, I always try to stray away from politics, but I think sometimes, you know, you inevitably get caught up in things like that. So essentially, I was working with a lawyer who was uh, who really wanted me, and that was the one who did the Chinese immigration work. But my bill, bill was being footed by the corporate uh, floor up at, up at Heenan. So... Uh, it was a bit of a thing where it's like, why are you working on this file when you should be, you know, helping us with these files sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I learned a lot, though, about the diverse projects, lawyers, and practices. I mean, I got to engage in entertainment law, do some civil work, and uh, sometimes I still miss it because right now, obviously, I'm in a boutique firm for articling. Was it a big uh, summer class that you guys had at Heenan in Vancouver? No, no, no. It was, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was four to five of us, really small in Vancouver. And and it was one of their first years taking summer students. Um, so how big the firm was it then? Uh, yeah. It was actually it was I think we had forty lawyers around, and uh, so it's still considered relatively small for a big firm. But for you know compared to the other Canadian offices, we're obviously very small. But in uh, in, the, in the scope of things, we were still a bigger firm. I would say. Yes, yeah, certainly. So then you finished your summer and you had they gave you an articling offer and you felt very comfortable coming back for your third year knowing that you had an articling articling position to go back to. Exactly. Um, I went on exchange, like uh, I recommend a lot of students do if they if they do have that opportunity. Um, but you know, I was in China, didn't think too much about it. Was you know had my did some interning there. You know, was really enjoying my last semester. Met my my girlfriend. So you know, I can't, I was coming back. We were very very hopeful to, to finish off law school. Uh, before the news obviously broke of uh, Heenan's pending closure. It was about a year ago, I guess a month and a month or so, a year ago. Yeah. In February, yeah. right? And in February you got the news that uh, you won't be having an article position to so go back to. where were you when you first heard and what was your what was your reaction? Uh, so, as sad as it is, I had to call to find out that I didn't have a position anymore. So, um <laughs> It, it, there were some sequence of events that occurred. I mean, um, I think early on there were some signs, so it wasn't a complete shock. It wasn't, you know, you're going from 100 to zero. Um, but, you know, I, when I was offered an article position by my principal at that time, who was a student coordinator, you know, a few weeks later he joined another firm. Uh, and then there's the new student coordinator who himself, when he when we were having our conversations near the year end, was kind of giving me a sense that, you know, he's like, you got to pursue what you're passionate about. You know, there's there's certain things that you can't control. And I, I think I was sort of, you know, getting a sense that he too knew that things were sort of lining up at Heenan. Um, so one of the things that was interesting, though, is I was actually kept on the email list. Um, so I was one of the, I think I probably was the only summer student who was kept on the, the email list for the for the firm. Um, so I actually got all the emails in terms of what was going down. So I, I, I had some advanced information prior to what the press did. So I didn't learn from the news some of the stuff. Um, oh, these are internal emails that are being sent out by partners just to let know the rest of the firm what's going on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or or the the firm would be on it because I at the same at the time I was still doing uh, some work for for Heenan sort of on on a contractual basis in, right. in between. So, um, yeah. So I was able to get some of that information uh, from from the partners, and you could tell that the ship was kind of sinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we the Vancouver office was very successful. The, I mean, as much as we did have sort of three separate practices running uh, within a, a firm, they were all very successful, and we were just experiencing growth. And so it was it was a shock in that sense because we seemed so immune from all the things that were happening out in Toronto, Montreal. So, what time of year was it that you found out that you did not have an articling position anymore? Uh, that would be, uh, I think it was February. I think it was early February, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that whole couple months is such a blur. I, I remember the first day I was getting off the, the plane in, in Ottawa for the January semester, end of January semester, so this was beginning of February. Um, I already started to see emails and I already started getting concerned. Um, but eventually, when the firm, when they announced the partnership was breaking down, you know, I... At that time, I was thinking, you know, there was probably, um, there probably would still be some sort of option, or there would be some breakup firm from it, or something that would happen that that would allow me to transition. So I, I shouldn't worry too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that slowly became apparent that it, at least in Vancouver, that wasn't going to happen as well. And when were you supposed to start your articling position? I was supposed to start after I finished, uh, uh, or. I was going to actually start articling in August, and I was going to take the summer okay. to do some pursue some other projects. So, um, so the traditional timeline. Yeah, actually, a, a little. Most people actually right out of right out of finishing uh, law school, they'll, they'll they'll hit the 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 bar exams or whatnot. But for me, I wanted to take that summer to to pursue some. Again, I had the relationship in mind to go to China and whatnot. Um, so that that was the original plan, but I, mean, I actually even had a five-year plan written out. I could probably show it to you guys someday. But uh, so now you're in February, and yeah. now and you know that you were well, and you have to find an article in position to start in August, and this is your last semester of law school. What were what were some of the things that you were feeling at that point in time? Oh, the the stress, the panic, uh, everything you could uh, imagine. Uh, sleepless nights. Uh, Calling almost everyone I knew in my network. I mean, I, I I really thank people, especially my my roommate at that time, Sam. I was staying at his house for that semester, but he was just so so helpful during that time because, I mean, especially in our in our business because we invest so much into our positions and into these jobs and into. I mean, some of the times you're taking these courses and you're like, what is this doing for me? But you're thinking at the end of the day, maybe this course will help me get a grade, which then will help me get a job. And it's you know it's so linear the thinking. Um, I'm. Uh, I think at that time you, the, the the train track sort of starts to fall apart, if I could use that metaphor. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at, at the same time, I think uh, you know people helped see helped me see the opportunity out of this. And one of the first things I did was to contact every single, pretty much every single person who I interviewed with in the past or or had an interest in their firm, sort of on the side, or I, I reject even the ones I rejected offers from. Um, and actually, funny enough, it turns out that the position I ended up getting, it was a lawyer from a firm that rejected me. Um, I was on the shortlist, but I didn't make it, who had a coffee meeting with the, the lawyer who did hire me and was able to pass on some good words. So it, it just it reminds you that everybody you meet in, 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 your, in, your, in your job hunt process or in your, in your networking you know, might come in handy one day. And 
and you should always be very thankful and always very appreciative and always keep in communication with them to make sure that, you know, if something does happen and vice versa, that you're, you're there for each other because that's so important in this uh, in this business. So what exactly were you communicating in those emails to all of your different contacts where you're saying, I had an article position, I don't have one anymore, and I'm looking for one, what can you do? Or was were you a little bit more... Um, you know, well, it wasn't a what you can tactical. do situation, but yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I was, I, I definitely uh, just, you know, put the line out there that, you know, I'm, I've been, this thing's happened to me. It's really unfortunate, but, you know, I'm going to try my, and I, you know, I, I think I, I kept it very positive at the same time, even though, if, you know, outside of those emails, I wasn't feeling very positive. But um, one of the things that I was very useful in doing was to, uh, was to, was to put in in my in the heading of the emails, you know, former Heenan student out of a job, or like it, they were almost like newspaper esque uh, headings. But I think that you know, in, in, in a business where you get hundreds of emails a day, you kind of need to reach them in a way that uh, that they can uh, connect, right? No, definitely, that makes a lot of sense. Were you getting a lot of responses back uh, to these emails uh, that you were sending out? Here and there, but I mean, that's that's the the shotgun approach. You don't expect to to get very much in return all the time. Yeah, right? that's kind of, so that's it is a bit of a desperate uh, move. Um, another thing I forgot to mention that was very helpful, and I have to thank, um, I have to thank uh, uh, Professor Michael Marin, um, who was teaching the, the business law clinic at that time. Um, he he was able to sit down with me um, and and really go through the things that I've been through and, and talk to me about that and uh, and and share his own experiences of going to New York and you know having professors like like him there were, were, were very helpful during that time. Did you feel like there was um, many other students in your year who were in a similar position and I mean just without articles at that point? Um, there were uh, other students uh, going through um, similar times. I mean, I, I, the ones in, in the Vancouver office, uh, a couple got picked up by some of the boutique firms because they were working on very specific files. Um, and then a couple, uh, one, one I think a clerk is clerking in the, the federal court now. Um, but I know in Montreal, for sure, in Calgary and some other cities that that happened. I know in Toronto it was a little different. Um, and again, I don't harbor any, any any ill feelings. I think you know Toronto is one of those networks where it's very important to to, to uh, where 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 students and recruiters and and, and lawyers have that stronger network, um, and, it, and it's very much more of a business there than it is here. Um, so so I know that that stuff did happen. What about um, within your community of friends at the university? And, um, and, I, and I don't mean ex-Heenan friends. I, I mean okay. people who were in 3L and, like you, at that point in the year, didn't have articles and were also looking. Did you find any um, solace in community during that time? I did. I did, actually. That's a really good point. I mean, there are people messaging me um, going, you know, I've been through this for nine, ten months now or for a year now. Like, don't worry, something will happen for you. Like, uh, um, And they were very... They're very positive, and, and and that was really good to see, especially for some of them who haven't who ha- weren't getting the same success, right? So, um, yeah, and and I think it was good too because I I got to sit down with them and really see it from their lens, and I think uh, for for a bit, and this again goes to the law school thing, you know, I think a lot of us come go through this process, 
uh, and we get a little complacent and not complacent, but we take it maybe for granted that everything we want we've gotten, you know, uh, mm-hmm. starting from maybe an undergrad when, you know, we go to these courses, we get the highest grades. And then from that, we always get the the scholarships or the, 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 the jobs or the internships. And then we get into law school and then we do well in law school. And then we, you know, it's, it's almost like it's just one step at a time, but I think this was a real moment where it's like, you know, this wasn't even something you did necessarily that caused this. Um, but it's just a situation that has arisen that are, that's outside your control. So uh, one of my best friends always says, control your controllables. And I think I, that's the line that I, I really uh, sort of carry as a value. Moving yeah, I, I totally forward. agree with that. Hard to execute, but good theory. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. did you do anything else apart from contacting your network, sending these emails out? Were there any other actions that you took in order to secure an article position for yourself? Uh those were the main ones. Um, I think I'd also like to thank my parents during this time and uh, my old mentors, and they were very helpful. Uh, but eventually, uh, I don't think I finished the story, but uh, they, the, the fir- one of the firms, uh, actually a couple of the firms emailed me back and, and, and scheduled interviews, and, and they're all done through Skype. Um, so I'm sitting in my friend's you know, dining room kitchen Skyping. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I didn't actually even have to fly into Vancouver. Hoover, which is which I'm very grateful for. So I did all this through Skype. Um, but again, I think this is also another thing. Sorry, I, 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 it popped into mind when you asked that question. Please, um, yeah. I found I found that when I was uh, this time around for the job hunt, you know, when you're going through the the, the, the standard OCI or the infirm, they ask the same questions. Um, it's the same big firms. There's like almost a, a you know a strategy or a guide that they follow. But this time around, both the firms that interviewed me, I had to really be entrepreneurial and almost think from a. They were almost sitting back and like, what can you do for us, or what can you bring to the table, or what can you, what is your 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 plan for this position or whatever, right? Yeah. So you know, usually you're in interviews and they're asking the same round of the mill questions. You're asking, you know, how is the firm culture and whatnot. But here it's like, you know. What is your plan? Pitch us your your plan for for eventually bringing you know some business or or wow. or, or assisting in our firm, and you know as uh, and I'm thankful that I was really able to engage in immigration kind of specifically at Heenan and 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 see the business side of things and ask a lot of questions because those questions came in, in handy when I was talking about sort of you know this 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 area that I wanted to to develop my practice into this investor immigration area and also this you know. I, I see that this 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 thing might be ha- happening in the law, but it was almost one of those like DOJ interview questions, you know. So <laughs> you know, I couldn't sort of just rely on 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 the, just your your, your cookie cutter answers or yeah. whatnot, right? So. And so when you that were in law school, you also did a lot of internships, right? You took advantage of what Ottawa had to offer the two internships that you get, so you can get some course credits. Did you find those experiences helped you at all in terms of community, uh, networks that you ended up building or just experience that you got generally? I, I found that those were very, very useful, and especially because I chose immigration. So I'm at a boutique firm right now. Uh, we do immigration from both, both a barrister's and solicitor's side. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for immigration, uh, you know, the first year Legal Links program, getting a great men- a mentor who ended up uh, connecting with me, me with the opportunity to work at the legal clinic, and I think the legal clinic. It's, it's a shame that it's so small and it takes so few students, um, but it is. It's it's probably the best place to develop like a clear, uh, a close to to legal experience as you can at while well, at law school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sorry, what's and the then, called? Legal Link? Legal Links and Bridges? Legal Links. Legal bridge, Links and Bridges, yeah. So that was in first year. Second year, I did the, the clinic, um, the legal aid clinic. Um, and then uh, near the end, I was part of uh, a group that helped start the business law clinic. I know that thing is still uh, building its way up there, um, the University of Ottawa Business Law Clinic. But I think that these are the things that actually, uh, in interviews and in, in, in your job hunt, people are actually interested about. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that you got, you know, an A in securities law or whatever, you know, there's a lot of people with A's in securities laws. There's a lot of students taking securities laws with different professors at different universities of various prestige. So I think, you know, it's really the things that that are unique to you and that you've helped produce or, or bring to the table, or, or and those are the things that I think firms are most interested in. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I I couldn't endorse that more. It's like substantiating your interests through your experiences speaks so much louder to who you are as a professional than the letters on a piece of paper or, you know. So good on you for that. Um, All right. What was the most effective thing you did in securing your articles? And uh, you can't say leverage my network. Okay. (laughs) Even even, Even though that might have been the most important for you. Um, yeah. Outside of that, what was the most effective? exactly? And, and I mean, I appreciate. I'm, I'm very thankful for my network. And again, to those people, before I start my answer, uh, you know, even if you don't have a network now, it, it, it's not something that can be built in a day. But you know, if you work on it, it'll happen. And you don't really have to be a certain personality type. I love people who are of all different personality types. Okay, to answer this question in terms of the the, the single thing that helped me the most uh, in securing a position, I think I'd have to say it was taking a step back. And it seems really weird because you think, how does it, how did you move forward by taking a step back? But yeah. I think in that moment when I took a step back and looked at my career as a bigger picture rather than just, you know, I want to join a big firm and I want to get paid big from salary, I want to go to Toronto or Vancouver, I want to become an associate partner, that straight line track, I kind of thought back into things that were very important to me. And have always been important to me, and I've, I've been passionate about since sort of day one, and why why I even chose to go into law. Um, so I kind of left my distraction of the big firm, and I and I thought about it, and you know what I immigration, and it was it was big in law school, but it was even bigger, you know, when I was an undergrad, and I studied migration communities, I studied Vancouver, you know, so let's put put the pieces together in of of, of, of who you are as a, as a person, and, and let that shine in, in your job interview, and I think for me that's the biggest piece of advice I would give to to people who are out of positions is, you know, don't just look at what everybody else on your left and right is doing to get a job. Mm -hmm. Look at who you are and and what you can bring to the table. And, you know, you might have the quirkiest interests in, you know, Japanese anime, but, you know, there might be someone out there and there might be an industry there built around, you know, anime and, and, and legal issues with those shows or you, you never know what your your your, yeah. your passion and your interest can, can lead to. So I think that go explore it and, and put that on on your resume, on your application, on everything yeah. that you, you do. Nice. Well, that's so critical because I think be in law school, it's very easy to get just go with what everybody else is doing because of the pressure that you feel that, oh, you have to go through the OCI process and then you have to go and try to get a big firm. And uh, sometimes people lose sight of what their own interests are and whether they're actually going to enjoy that type of work that they eventually end up at. So it's uh, very critical to just take a step back and look at within yourself to see where your interests, where your interests might lie. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, not to make things more bleak than they they actually uh, 
to make them sound more bleak, but I mean, there's a lot of firms too. You know, you'll you'll get hired as a summer student, you'll get hired as an articling student, but when it comes back to hire backs, it, it's it's not even about your performance or your the fact that you know you did substandard work or whatnot. It's it's simply an economic decision. You know, there's so many lawyers out in the market. There's so many people who can be replaced uh, and do the work for cheaper and possibly quicker and with less baggage that comes with it. You know, until you're five years in, you're, you're very much replaceable, uh, I think, yeah. most people. So I think if, if, if you can do something in your own research interests or in your own work and carve out a bit of a, of a niche for yourself, and it doesn't even have to be the one that you bring to work every day. It could just be your, a side interest. That niche one day might be the, the point that, you know, employers are like, you know, this person is really good at this and has this that I, I really want. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think you can just do it just from pure work ethic alone. Work ethic is very important and it underlies everything, but I think you need your own creativity and your own, your own passions. Definitely. So one thing, one thing that's kind of become clear through this uh, conversation is that you do have a very strong network and it's something that you have taken time to build over, over a number of years. So what are some key pieces of advice that you can share based on your own experiences some things that law students could do to start building that network and not only meet those people, but actually foster that over a period of time and stay in touch with those people. What are some things people can do? That's that's a very important question. And, uh, I mean, it's something that I, I'm sure all of us struggle with on a daily basis, too. I mean, you can see some people, they might be very social and very outgoing. I mean, I'm relatively social outgoing. I have my moments of shyness, too. Um, and, and that, but that's not even a, a necessity for, for networking. I think the key is, you know, what value can you add to the other individual's life? You really have to think of it from that perspective. Um, if you think about it as you always trying to ask for something from everybody around you, uh, everybody eventually is going to realize that you're the person who's been asking for the handout. So I think it's, if you come from a value added basis where it's like, you know, this individual, and you might not even know where this value is added, but you know, some individuals love to mentor. I'm one of those people. And if someone came up to me, a student, and 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 was like, you know, I really want your mentorship, I want your assistance, I want your help, um, I I would totally go out of there and do it. So I think if you think of it from that perspective, that this you can add, you know, an emotional benefit, a social benefit to someone in your networking. Everybody you meet, you really can compliment them or, or supplement them in a way. Start from that approach. I know it's a bigger picture. From a smaller picture approach, always, always write thank you emails. Um, always, always take business cards. Um, I'm terrible with business cards, but try to structure them, organize them. When holidays come, when important days come, make sure to to comment. You know, if, if something, if, if your if your friend is very successful, or one of your, your contacts has had a major success recently, shoot them in a quick email. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, congratulate them. I know some of this work seems a, a lot, and and sometimes. Um, but, I mean, if you genuinely care about them, I think yeah, you'll do those type of things. But th- th- those things go a long way because people will have a lasting impression and remember you rather than just a quick a quick meeting, per se. So for let's, if you can talk about some examples, say, for instance, the internships that you did, right? And you talk mm-hmm. about adding value to the other person when you're just trying to stay in touch. Like, if you can give some examples of what are some things that you might have done to add those values um, to the other person that people can learn from. I think just coming in from a very humble approach, I mean, I think it's, I thank my parents for raising me very humbly, but I think going in there and, and letting them know right away, you know, it, for me, it's not about the terms of, you know, how many hours I put into this or, you know, whether I'm going to be able to touch the most crazy files and the most high net worth things or, 
or whatnot right away. You know, I'm here to make your life a little easier. You know, I know there's a lot of times, and this has been very useful too, is, you know, when I can see when people have their own family issues and their own stress, and if you can be there at a comforting time, even if with a supervisor or boss, and be like, you know, I've, I, you've got, I know you're going through a difficult time with this thing. Uh, you know what, just, I'll just, I'm just here to let you know that I'm here for you, and if you need my assistance, I'm happy to be here. Um, and that's sort of uh, the approach. I mean, I think we're from a generation right now, and I see it in myself too sometimes. We're a little too, we're jittery, we're eager. You know, we think the next big thing is going to be something that we're part of and that we're going to, you know, do it do it really big in, in, in a couple of years. But the truth is most of these lawyers, you know, they're, they're 15, 20 years in and they still will tell you that they're learning. And I think that's, you know, that the humility and humbleness and offering to help everybody you meet is, is, is a very crucial trait. Yeah, I think uh, that's a beautiful spot to start wrapping it up. Um, thank you so much for sharing that info. I definitely um, learned a few things myself. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you or um, learn a little bit more, um, where, can they, where can they reach out? Absolutely. I mean, I hope you'll post my contact information, uh, my work email, my personal email. Uh, so Will Tao, uh, W-I-L-L dot T-A-O. Uh, at larley.com, L-A-R-L-E-E.com. I have a Twitter as well, um, and I'm pretty active in posting immigration-related stuff. Um, and again, like I'm, I've I've mentored a lot of people uh, through through some of the things, and a lot of individuals have mentored me similarly. So don't feel shy. Um, and 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 we're always, especially as uh, alumni of our different schools, we're we're gonna we're gonna help you uh, to the best that we can. Um, and then finally, I, I strongly encourage individuals to consider the Vancouver market in the future. I know uh, a lot of people have, have, have Toronto ambitions, and that's, and that's really super as well. But Vancouver is a, is a, is a beautiful city where we're, our legal market it was stagnant, but it's growing now. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good work, work-life balance here, too. So for people who are interested in that, you should definitely think about coming west. Beautiful. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Will. Thank you so much. This is The Law School Show.